0: Looking out a dirty old window Outside the cars in the city go rushing by I sit here alone and I wonder why
1: 54 of the As If, the podcast where we talk about Clueless, minute by minute. I am Dan Coster, your host. Today with me is Wendy Mays. Hi, Wendy. Hello. And Jim Donahue. Hi, Jim. Hello. Hello there. All right. So, in this minute, we begin with a close-up of Josh, again, looking pensively, uh, pensively well, thinking of, of Cher and uh, him putting his pen down, and it ends with uh, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones playing their song, uh, Someday I suppose. So we We have a fan, ladies and gentlemen Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So um, Cher and Christian Are walking out to his car And we see Christian's car, so um, this car, guys. Oh my
2: god, this car! Uh,
1: of course, is a 1954 oh. Nash Metro. And what were your thoughts on this car?
0: That is one gorgeous it's, automobile. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it is
1: so beautiful. It really is. It's it's in this really nice yellow color. It's beautiful. It's uh, you could buy one today for twenty eight thousand. So Joe, just saying, if you want to
2: have that. Uh,
0: That's gorgeous. not too bad. That's actually better than. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I know that car looks like it should be like. Fifty thousand
2: easily. I was trying to find out if that was an original color, uh, but I I couldn't confirm that. That's a good question. Mm. Um, so the cars, the
1: the Nash Metropolitan were not a big success in the United States, so they say. And uh, it was the Nash was sold to Hudson uh, Motor Vehicles, but I think by the end of the fifties, this particular car, I did some research, guys, are in some pretty major nineteen uh, movies in the nineties. Maybe not this particular one, but. The 1954 model. So if you're ready, the Leave It to Beaver movie.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, Andre, which I believe is the one where the girl raises the seal. Is that? Yep, is, that's right. That, that, yep. Yes, And, and, and um, the this,
2: this seal was played by a sea lion or vice versa. One of one, one the other.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, the Big Picture. <laughs> is that the one with uh, it's Kevin Bacon? Kevin Bacon. Right? Yes. Yeah, and I think that's pretty good. I think that's a pretty good movie, actually. And Star Kid Whatever that one is. Oh I don't know that movie and, um, at all I, I think I remember the box art Because as I said last episode I was 1996 Blockbuster <laughs> Associate of the Year Thank you very much <laughs> uh, So uh, also um, This car can be seen In uh, Or this, this model Can be seen in multiple episodes Of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers So there you go guys <laughs> the tv show so um not i was never a a power ranger fan myself so i don't know would you consider you guys car people or uh, do you somebody who you see a vintage car like this is this does this speak to you
2: i don't really know no vintage cars that's kind of my my brother's thing i somehow avoided that gene but when there's a car that i love you know i know it and that that is a beautiful car i also have a I have a thing for vintage mustangs i think those are beautiful
0: yeah same here i I know nothing about cars i am not a car person at all i just can appreciate the beauty of vintage ones like like the one that's in this movie like it's so gorgeous of a car and i kind of like the vintage mustangs too jim um i think it's because my mom always talks really fondly about having a mustang when she was younger so i Anytime I see a vintage mustang I kind of think of my mom
1: Mustangs were very big in the eight in the 90s too the the 90s were you know the 5.0s and and it, the Mustangs were very hip um can you think of your if you think of like the um the coolest car that you remember from a movie? What what comes to mind? That's a hard one. <laughs> Sorry to
2: like.
0: <laughs> the <laughs> only car I can like come up with is a DeLorean. Automatically, uh, uh, that's but that's answer. because it's that's because it's the only car I can think of that stands out as a car in a movie. because yeah. um, <laughs> it's its own personality.
1: You ever notice whenever there's like the a detective in a movie, he's always got some badass muscle car. <laughs> like it's just it's such a worn out trope. That he's gonna have like a really like a Chevy Nova like fully restored and like this beautiful black paint. It's
2: just
0: or if it's a comedy, he has a piece of shit car that's like falling apart <laughs> right.
2: and too small for him. <laughs> I think probably my my favorite car gag in a in a comedy is uh, in Mel Brooks's High Anxiety where Madeline Kahn has a uh, plaid car that matches her outfit.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's... Um...
0: Perfect. There's a really good uh, another really good good uh, car gag is in Pillow Talk. Uh, there's a very small car that Rock Hudson has to get into. Doris Day has no problem getting into it. But then Rock Hudson, because he's a giant, tries to get into it and can only stick like a leg out the window, oh. <laughs> can't get into So they have to take a, a taxi home because he can't fit into the car.
1: That is good. I, see, I've never seen um, either of those movies and I really need to. Christian remarks on how scary Cher's dad is because he said, the, if you listen to last minute, um, the father talks about uh, shooting him with a forty-five and burying him and nobody would miss him. So, um, you know, for, uh, overprotective dad, uh, is this... Uh, I don't
0: know. I, I, like the way, I like the way that Cher just kind of blows it off. Like, yeah, isn't he? That's he is. like-
1: yeah. yeah, he's got the best response to it. Yep, he is.
0: Yeah, and she's like, yeah, uh-huh, that's him.
1: Oh, but it doesn't change who she is. So it's, it's again, it's, it's she's, she's just a very unique character, and she's... Uh, I love the relationship she has with her father.
0: Yeah, I have to say it's a really great relationship. It's one of the better father-daughter screen relationships. Yeah. I think that are kind of out
1: there. Yeah, he doesn't stop her from being who she is, you know. Exactly. But but he he's <laughs> ready to put out there that if if, if you wrong her, that you're going to have to mess with him. So uh, right,
0: and he's always encouraging towards her i don't think "encouragive" is a real word i love it though it It is now as of
1: today (laughs) (laughs) so we um we have uh christian ask if she likes billy holiday and Cher says yeah she loves him (laughs) uh, he has like he's like all right okay and so billy holiday for those that don't know was born eleanor eleanora fagan in 1915, and she, um, uh, lived until 1959, and, uh, she was an American jazz singer and singer-songwriter, and, uh, with a career spanning nearly, nearly 30 years, so, uh, nice little, um, nice little music choice, you know, to, to, this movie is pretty full with 90s artists, and to throw Billie Holiday in there, and, uh, I think it was a nice little touch.
2: Yeah, and not exactly one of her most famous songs either. I, I mean, I know a little bit about Billie Holiday. I didn't know that song. So I I looked it up. It was, uh, she apparently recorded it four times during her career. Uh, I don't know which version this was, but she first did it in 1935. And, and the, the song
1: is Miss Brown to you. Right.
2: And um, the guys who wrote it uh, also wrote uh, Hooray for Hollywood and On the Good Ship Lollipop. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. Um her so I am um I wasn't as knowledgeable but I did look up uh so according to Wikipedia her most popular songs and correct me if you guys know more. Uh summertime um I've got my love to keep me warm. So that's. I would think that's probably her singular biggest hit? I would say, or or most well, well
2: known. I would say God bless the child. I
0: think her most well yeah, or, or even, like, I would think her most well-known one is Strange Fruit.
2: Strange Fruit, I have um, that, yeah.
0: Yeah, like, that's her most controversial song, anyway, and it's it's probably one of the songs that she's most well-known for.
1: So, what is the, what was the controversy surrounding that?
0: Well, Strange Fruit is all about, uh, uh it's about a lynching. So, you have this black really? woman singing a song about lynching in the 30s. Where white people were adoring the song, and she had to sing it over and over again, where she herself had seen and knew people that had been lynched. So
1: heartbreaking! Wow, that just um, yeah, that just stopped me flat, Rob. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) sorry to bring everything down. No, 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 (laughs) it's okay. But that that's got to be told. And. Wow, that was...
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's an incredibly powerful song, but I know that it also kind of killed her singing it over and over again. I bet. Um, because it's such an emotional song.
2: Uh, and it, at um, some point in the 1970s, I don't remember what year it was, but uh, Diana Ross starred in a biopic about her called Lady Sings the Blues. Yes. Yeah. Big hit. Um, you know,
1: and they said how it, towards the end of her career, she, her, you know, and she had... Um, she had a string of abusive in a string of abusive relationships, and uh, she had uh, issues with alcohol and how it affected her voice. And um, unfortunately, that you know that made me think of Whitney Houston, who seemed to have some of the same issues. And you know, you have this person with the singular talent, who is just uh, you know, for lack of a better word, God gift you know a gift from God, and then. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, they're, they're, they don't get to finish their career as they should. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes it very tragic.
0: Yeah, I mean, Bill, it's, uh, I, I recommend if anybody listening to this doesn't know who Billie Holiday is, uh, immediately go out and download even just the best of from somewhere because she's just, she is one of the
1: greats. Um, she was in three movies, Sugar Chili, Chile, uh, Robinson, um, Billie Holiday, Count Basie, and the, uh, his sextet. And a movie called New Orleans in 1947. And she was an extra in the movie The Emperor Jones in 1933. And she actually had 30, 30 TV appearances. Um, that is, I think. yeah, especially at the beginning that of is. the television, you know, uh, from, you know, in the 50s when it was, was a brand new medium. So, so it, you know, those sad, but you know, good. I'm glad that they actually played the, her music in the movie. Josh is talking to Mel inside the house. And he does not like Christian. And so the father makes it clear. Mel makes clear. He doesn't, you know, what's to like. And Josh is hemming and whoring about whether or not he should, you know, he's saying I should go to the party. And Mel's like, well, if you feel like you should go, go. And um, so finally Josh breaks down and he's like, all right, I'll, I'll I'll watch her for you. And um, he walks off and Mel says, you do that. And um, the camera finishes on Mel smiling. And and this is something that um, Wendy had actually mentioned on our last minute. And um, it was a particular moment that you enjoyed.
0: I just thought it was so adorable and it's so well acted. Um, It's just so cute. Like Paul Rudd being like, okay, I'm going to go watch her for her. I'll keep an eye on her for you. And, the and you know, and Mel knows. He knows what's really up.
1: You do, it's, it's, whether it's a family member like this or, you know, when it's a best friend and they just start mentioning this person, like, a little bit too much. You know when it's somebody you're close to is, has feelings for somebody. So this is a yeah. strange moment. Mel knows he likes Cher. That's what I got from it. And he, you know, he knowingly... Okay, you go to the party, Yep, you watch her, but yet he knows that he, he has feelings for
0: her. I think it's kind of the first time he's like, this is adorable, they're going to get together. He totally <laughs> likes her.
1: My two kids.
0: Uh, <laughs> my two kids are going to get together, which is really bizarre. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, I still, every time I watch this movie, I'm like, but they call each other brother <laughs> and sister. It like, it's, it's so bizarre It to me. is
1: bizarre. It is bizarre. Um, but, you know, for the movie, we're not seeing them as, you know, siblings when they were, you know, younger. We're seeing them now as.
0: True. Like, and he often mentions how many times his mom has gotten married and remarried. So, right. I mean, they probably weren't even really married for more than like a year or something like that. Uh, so it's not that bad. It's just still so
1: weird. It's weird. It's weird. Let's be. <laughs> All right. So now, um,. You know, the very 1995, we see the party and its music is playing, and it's "Someday," I suppose, played by Boston's own Mighty Mighty Boston's. Uh, there's a close-up to the band, and then uh, pulled back from the stage about 10 seconds. So, we're going to talk more about the Boston's in the next minute. But um, was that your favorite song in the 90s, guys? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Barf. barf that's all i can say Indeed, barf
1: <laughs> um,
0: i hated ska to death
1: oh i know and you know i went to go see um uh what do you call it uh the food fighters played at fenway park last year and one night the boss opened that for them and the other night um there was uh dropkick murphys who n- you know not my favorite band but i was so much happier to see dropkick murphys yeah. than than the uh Mighty Bonstones. No offense. Yeah, 100%. I, I think uh, I
2: thought that they were a fake band when I saw the movie, because I didn't know them, and they just didn't seem like a band that anyone would want to see. I
1: I mean, we. I will re- <laughs> I have things to say about their performance in them, but we will save that for next week. Um, so I I do have a question for you guys. Um, Alicia Silverstone, we talked last minute about, you know, in this minute about, we thought she did a, you know, really good job in this movie. And, um, have you seen any of our other movies?
0: Uh, I personally adore Excess Baggage. (laughs) Um, I really, really love that movie. Uh, it has Benicio Benicio Del Toro in it and it's a rom-com. Yeah, Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I just, I love that movie. (laughs) Uh. I don't know why. I just love
1: it. Listen, I know ne- you never know how a movie is going to speak to you. So for you, <laughs> yeah. it's excess bag- baggage. What about you, Jim? What do you, What are your you other, know what? Uh, I
2: off the top story? of my head, I don't think that I have seen any, uh, any of her other movies. Although she had a um, very uh, brief TV series, which I'm trying to look up quickly. That I remember... Oh, Mismatch! Miss Match that something. was a good show. It was charming. She was charming in it. It's
1: kind of strange that, you know, um, Cher is a bit of a matchmaker in this, and then she gets a TV show, and she's playing a matchmaker, so... So, I, I can't really speak... To, I definitely saw Excess Baggage, although I don't remember much of it, but I remember her, of course, as Batgirl.
2: Oh, you know what? I did, I did not get... I, I did that's not get true. through that movie. I think I saw 20 minutes, and I'm like, I think that's enough. It's an awful movie.
1: <laughs> it, it's an awful movie, but she was really treated unfairly before the movie came out. So, But it's a woman in Hollywood, so of course they're going to treat her like shit. Um, well,
0: I think the whole movie was treated like shit. <laughs> you're right. Um, yeah, I, you're right. <laughs> I don't think it... I mean, even before it came out, I think everybody was like, this looks like garbage. We need to work.
1: bury I know, this. I, I, yeah. have forgotten,
2: I forgot <laughs> yeah. this. Um, when I bought my first... DVD player. Uh, as part of the deal, I got a whole bunch of free DVDs, and one of them was Batman and Robin. And again, I thought I don't think I made it through more than twenty minutes, but it was a freebie. So. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now my friend talks about that with VHS, where he got some movie with his uh, VCR, his first VCR, and he was young and it was some shitty movie, and he just thought, well, what's the point if all the movies are going to be bad? I I, I
2: know (laughs) one of the other ones was Lost in Space. Exactly. Not a a winner. Um, Was this from the worst of 1997? I'm I'm assuming it was DVDs that did not sell and that they wanted to get rid of.
0: Yeah, like when you buy a PlayStation 3 now and it comes with, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja exactly. Turtle crap all over it, <laughs> and you get a free DVD of that movie and the game or something like that. Yeah,
1: I was thinking when you go to Seven Eleven and they have the DVD for like the Love Guru, <laughs> for like <laughs> free with a stickers bar. Um, so guys, uh, it's been, uh, do you have anything else to talk about for this minute? Uh, not me. No. Nope. No. All right. Well, let's talk about plugs. Jim, we'll start with you.
2: Uh, well, if you, um, find my, my sort of moribund blog, it's called, uh, the, the velvet blog. Uh, I will put some links to, um, movie related writings that I've done over the last few years.
1: Um, and, um, Wendy, what, uh, uh, your, uh, lovely podcast we heard about yesterday, uh, Can you tell us about that again? Uh,
0: Sure. So I have a podcast called Pet Cinematary, uh, where we take a deeper look at the roles that animals have played in the movies.
1: Uh, Can you just pick up, like, can you think of a singular one that really, uh, like, uh, was, uh, uh, comes to mind? Like,
0: a a particular episode? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Well, the last one that I did was all about the movie, the Hungarian film White God, um, which is about uh, basically a dog uprising. It's about a little girl and her dog, and uh, the dog and her get separated, and then bad shit happens to the dog, and there's a dog uprising. But we've also done really funny movies. Um, uh, There's a really funny episode about Roar, that terrible movie with real lions all over it, Um, and, you know, Unmasking the Idol, which has a chimp. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, we'll do anything if it has an animal in a movie uh it, an animal in it uh i want to talk about it
1: very so, cool. that's a yeah. it's a very interesting idea for a podcast um so i can't thank wait you. to listen to it thank you so you can find uh me on at twitter at uncle underscore batman and my podcast which is a pod bean called blockbuster dropouts and um, I actually have a Blockbuster Dropouts Facebook group, so I uh, welcome you guys to to join. And it's been a pleasure meeting you guys, and uh, we will see you t- again tomorrow. Mm. Bye. <laughs> for listening to this episode of As If, the podcast all about Clueless. It is produced and edited by Darren Husted. Executive produced and hosted by Dan Costa with my guests Wendy Mays and Jim Donahue. Follow us on Facebook at As If The Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at As If underscore podcast. And follow us on Instagram at As If Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Shout Engine, or the podcasting app of your choice. Please rate and review if you enjoy. Blue is owned by Paramount Pictures. No infringement is intended. All rights reserved. Copyright 2016.